Despite our best efforts at surgery and chemotherapy for patients with glioblastoma, survival time is often far too limited. One novel weapon in our arsenal could be a vaccine that bolsters the immune system in the body's fight against these tumors. As we move forward with research towards a vaccine, what are the keys to boosting its efficacy? And how much additional time could a vaccine buy for our glioblastoma patients? You are listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Cancer. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest is Dr. Keith Black, Chairman of the Department of Neurosurgery and Director of the Maxine Dunnitz Neurosurgical Institute at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Welcome, Dr. Black. Thank you, Dr. Hill, for having me here. Dr. Black, tell us a little bit about glioblastoma and the challenges it encounters. Glioblastoma multiforme is the most aggressive primary brain tumor. Even with best standard therapy, the median survival from diagnosis is about 15 months. We know that uh, it strikes patients in the prime of their lives. It's a diffuse tumor, even though it may look localized on the MRI scan. It's one that has been a challenge for us to develop an effective therapy to treat. Is this treated at all by surgery or chemotherapy, generally speaking? The standard therapy, Dr. Hill, is surgery, if that's possible, if the tumor is in an area where it's in non-eloquent brain and can be resected. One of the things we know about surgery is that in order for surgery to be beneficial, we need to get what the neuroradiologist calls an image-complete removal of the tumor, meaning that we need to remove all of the enhancing tumor that we see on the MRI scan. If we leave as little as 10% behind, we probably do little to impact the overall survival. So it's critical if we are going to have an impact with surgery on survival is to remove everything that we can see on the MRI scan. Now that we know we have microscopic cells left after surgical resection, and that's what we need to treat with radiation and chemotherapy. But studies that have looked at the benefit of surgery essentially show that if we are able to get an image-complete resection of the tumor with the other modalities of treatment, the survival is approximately double. And we have to use the chemotherapy and radiation to try to destroy the microscopic cells that are left. Now tell us about using a vaccine for this. The concept of harnessing the immune system to treat a glioblastoma occurred to me to be a promising modality about 15 years ago. When we look at one of the first things that a glioma cell needs to do to survive in the brain, it needs to make itself invisible to the immune system. It downregulates a lot of the MHC antigens on the tumor cell surface so that the immune system doesn't recognize it. The other thing that the tumor does is that it begins to release immunosuppressive cytokines in the tumor environment to try to impair the immune system. And it will also activate immune cell apoptosis through FAS and FAS ligand receptors. So the tumor is using a lot of resources, a lot of energy to evade an immune response. 
And if you think of a glioma as being a very efficient biological system, one has to ask, why is it expending so much energy to do that? And one of the things that occurred to me is that it was perhaps doing that because it knows that you know, an effective immune system could uh, impair its own survival. So we sought to develop a therapeutic vaccine to essentially allow the body's immune system to begin to recognize the tumor and to try to mount an immune response against it. How did you develop this vaccine? Well, we actually tried several types of therapeutic vaccines, but the one that we found most promising is one based on using dendritic cells. Dendritic cells or antigen-presenting cells are the most potent way to present foreign antigens to the immune system. These cells make up about 1% of the white blood cells. And essentially what we do is that through a leukophoresis, drawing blood from the patient, we harness and isolate these dendritic cells. We then remove the tumor at surgery through a standard surgical resection. By lysing the tumor, we isolate uh, the tumor proteins, and we take those proteins and co-culture those proteins with the dendritic cells under special conditions using you know, particular types of cytokines so that the dendritic cell will process and put the tumor antigens on the surface of the dendritic cells. So the vaccine is predicated on getting some tissue out of the patient. Correct. And once the dendritic cells have these tumor antigens on their surface, we essentially inject that back under the skin, you know, just like we would a standard vaccine. The T cells in the body can then recognize the tumor antigens, divide and, you know, into millions of T cells, go into the brain. They can cross the blood-brain barrier and essentially uh, try to attack and eradicate the tumor cells. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest is Dr. Keith Black, Chairman of the Department of Neurosurgery and Director of the Maxine Dunnitz Neurosurgical Institute at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. We're discussing the process of developing a therapeutic vaccine for glioblastoma. Dr. Black, do all the patients with glioblastoma get this vaccine? No, Dr. Hill, it's still experimental. We've treated close to 300 patients at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles with the vaccine. What we found is that patients that get the vaccine in combination with chemotherapy have a longer survival. In one study, phase two study that we've published, the two-year survival in patients that got the vaccine increased compared to historical controls of 8% to 42% survival at two years. So that was a significant increase. That's quite impressive. How do you decide which patients you're going to put on this experimental protocol? One of the things that we felt was important for a vaccine to work is to have significant tumor reduction. So patients where we could achieve a near or image-complete resection of the tumor, we felt would be the best candidates. How do these patients tolerate this vaccine? We have not seen any significant toxicity from the vaccine. A small percentage of the patients may have you know, some transient fever or erythema at the injection site, but we've seen almost no significant reactions. Notably, we haven't seen any autoimmune adverse events.
When do you give this vaccination and how often? Well, the way that we give the vaccine is that after surgery and preparation of the vaccine, the patients are usually treated with radiation therapy if they're newly diagnosed. And after completion of the radiation therapy, which takes seven weeks, uh, then we start the vaccine. We give four vaccines separated by two weeks. So they're getting, you know, one shot about every two weeks for a series of four shots. If they've already been treated with radiation and chemotherapy, then we start the vaccine usually about three to four weeks after the resection of the recurrent tumor. Are you using this vaccine treatment for other types of gliomas or even other malignancies in the brain? We have, and we've used it for grade 3 gliomas or anaplastic astrocytomas. And we also had a trial where we've used it for other malignant tumors, both primary and metastatic as well. And how long have you actually been using this treatment? We've been using the treatment now for over 10 years. The longest survivor that we have with the glioblastoma is now out about nine years after treatment with the vaccine. I'm sure many of the primary care physicians are wondering, including myself, how difficult is it to take the tissue and actually form a vaccine? It's a fairly straightforward process in the laboratory. The difficulty that we have right now that prevents us from mass producing this is that each vaccine is customized. In the vaccines that we're using and that we've used in the past, we've taken the whole tumor lysate from the patient process that in the laboratory, and then uh, prepare the vaccine from that. We're completing a, a neuro trial where we use synthetic tumor antigens that we know have been activated in the past from our previous clinical trials, but it still is a customized process. Why must it be so customized? Meaning if you look at different patients with glioblastoma, are their vaccines that much different? Well, when we first started, we did not know. Uh, We know now that there appears to be a series, we believe, of tumor antigens that have been activated in our patients. So the vaccines that we're now using are based on those antigens using synthetic vaccines, but we still have to do a leukophoresis on the patient and pulse those antigens with the patient's own antigen-presenting cells. We're looking in the future to actually target the cancer stem cells, and uh, we're looking to do a trial with an antigen that just targets uh, glioblastoma stem cells with just a protein without the dendritic cells. And if that works, then that will allow you know, the vaccines to be mass-produced. How do you follow these patients in terms of seeing if the vaccine is working? Well, we follow both the time to progression on MRI scan of the tumor, how long it takes the tumor to recur, and overall survival. One of the things that we found is that in about 60% of the patients that we give the vaccine to, we can activate their immune system against the tumor. In the group that we can show activation of the immune system specifically against their tumor, their survival is about double the patients that do not get an immune activation. So this turns out, at least for me, to be one of the strongest pieces of evidence 
to suggest that the vaccine is working because we can see that in the patients that get an immune activation against their tumor, they clearly have longer survival and longer time for their tumors to recur. And it's almost a linear progression. So it's a direct correlation between the higher the immune response and the higher the survival. What kind of imaging studies do you routinely use in following these patients? The gold standard that we use is MRI scans. And how often do you get them? We typically repeat the MRI every two to three months. These tumors can recur very fast, so we like to follow the scans very closely. Have you had any untoward effects of this whole process of giving the vaccine with the radiation, with the surgery? We have not had any adverse effects with giving the vaccine with radiation or surgery. When we first started the studies, we obviously thought that we should hold off on giving chemotherapy after the vaccine because we thought the chemotherapy would suppress the immune response. And chemotherapy typically is not extremely effective in glioblastoma. But we actually found a surprise. It turned out that when we gave chemotherapy to patients that had failed treatment with the vaccine, the tumors appeared to be much more sensitive to chemotherapy than in patients that had not been treated with the vaccine. So typically, if you give chemotherapy to a patient with recurrent glioblastoma, the median time to progression is about two to three months. But in patients that had received the vaccine, tumors recurred and we gave chemotherapy to, we saw a lot more responses with the chemotherapy and the median time to progression went from two to three months to about 15 months. And if you look into the future, 5, 10, 15 years, where do you think that this type of treatment will be in terms of treatment of glioblastoma? My hope is that we will be able to find better tumor antigens to target with the vaccine. Hopefully, we can target the cancer stem cell, which may be sort of the critical cell to kill in many types of tumors. And we can also find ways of making the vaccine more potent, you know, perhaps by giving other activators like toll-like receptors with the vaccine so that the immune response is even greater. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Keith Black. We've been discussing a novel therapeutic vaccine for glioblastoma. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.